Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. I thought today that we'd have a look at rehumanizing leadership, but I'm flipping it around. So there's a there's a book by Sudhanshu Palsuli and Michael Chavez called um, Rehumanizing Leadership. Right. Good Talks. title. Good title. <laughs> um, and it ta- it says putting purpose and meaning back into leadership. So I wanted to flip that around a little bit and say, does purpose and meaning rehumanize leaders? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the to start with, um, I feel like every time I hear re- rehumanizing leadership as a term. I feel that it's a bit of a harsh term to give leaders because at the end of the day, uh, leaders are human. Mm-hmm. And just like any of us, uh, we can fall into being too busy, too focused or pressured on the outcomes and the things that we have to do. So as a result, um, we're not focusing on people. We focus more on the profits and you know the targets, uh, the outcomes and the results rather than focusing on being what we would call more human. So I think it's a, I'm not a fan of the word rehumanizing. Um, however, I do understand the the sentiment behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, um, with rehumanizing, I, or at least with, re- now I've said it again, I've not rehumanized. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Oh no. Um, so the whole thing around purpose and meaning which then leads to relevance, um, I'm wondering if that sort of equation actually leads us to being more human, more in touch with who we are and who we should be, and how that outplays plays for the leader or for the individual even. Because at the end of the day, um, what I find is that many people have not looked at or haven't reviewed their purpose. They haven't spent time exploring what purpose is. Most of the time when you go into a conversation with somebody about purpose, they look at you slightly blankly to start with because it's something that feels too big. Uh, however, it is something that's critical for us to to get to grips with what the why is of our lives, what the why is of our organizations and why we're here, what's important to us and what are the things that we need to do. And I frankly feel very passionate about it being fundamental to how we have to operate as people. Um, It's one of the things that forms the foundation of EDGE um, and and the, the model that I developed. It's, it forms the basis for most things and unfortunately, is not looked at by enough people in a broad enough sense. So, I will put it to you guys (laughs) while I fight with the mic. Um, I'll put it to you guys. What do you think about the idea that perhaps if you can establish purpose and meaning that you will suddenly become human? And purpose and meaning for my own sense of being, so my own purpose yeah. and meaning, then means I will become a more human leader. Yeah. That's the argument. Yeah. Oof, well. It's it's a big one, is it? It is, but I also feel like we overload this purpose piece a bit much, a mm-hmm. bit too much, and it becomes, I think it becomes quite paralyzing for people, like, what's my purpose, what's my purpose? And I'm not, 
I'm not sure that's always helpful because not everybody has a great big grand purpose. And I think that people can feel a pressure to have that, especially a leader, Mm -hmm. which I think maybe isn't so helpful. I don't know that my, if I think about me and my experience, because that's all I've got to go on, I have quite a strong sense of purpose. Does that make me more human? I shall ponder on that while Advita answers. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Jenny. No worries. Um, that was clever. I do, I, do, I do think that, the, I agree with Jenny, I do think that sometimes there's too much emphasis on purpose, which can be distracting. Mm-hmm. And people feel like they need to have this incredibly big purpose to live a life worth living. And I think a lot of folks feel that like ridiculous pressure at times Mm -hmm. on that and we see it in our coaching retreats Mm -hmm. you know when we're asking people to talk about their purpose and what we mean I think and I'm talking for both both of you (laughs) is the little p right the little p in the purpose is we always emphasize and say you don't it's not about you know you may have grand ambitions about changing the world of work and making a difference and all of that that kind of stuff and that key purpose which is really admirable and brilliant but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you and that is okay. But mm. you need to find what is it mm-hmm. that you are here to do or want to do? What's your big, you know, big little thing, whatever you want to call it. But let's have a conversation about that. And I think once you kind of identify what that looks like and what that means for you, and I say this when I do my confidence coaching, is that once you understand what your purpose is, big P, little P, how you want to look at it, you become a little bit like, Teflon to an extent, but you do become a little bit more considerate of the people that you're working with. I, I do think that because yeah. I think when you don't have that certainty of who you are, it's almost conflict externally, which can cause people to be either robotic or not deliver what they need to deliver or chaotic in mm-hmm. the nature of how they work and create this really vibrant busyness around them, which kind of gives what they believe is sense of purpose, fix it. So I'll give you a real example. It's like I worked with a colleague who was constantly just really stressed about everything. Life, personal life, professional life, constantly. To the extent where she was like, oh my God, I need to fix this for this person, to fix that for that person, to sort this out for this person. And I had to really stop her and say, why, what's going on here? What's happening? She goes, I need to sort out for them. I said, but are, are you, what, what's the purpose of what you're trying to do here? Mm. Because I honestly believed, and she admitted it after a few conversations, was that she want, she didn't know what her purpose was. So she was almost creating the chaos around her to give herself a purpose, mm. which is quite deep. Mm. And I think, you know, a lot of people may be listening going, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it is something that I am doing around to give myself a sense of purpose. And you hear it all the time don't you, about empty nest syndrome. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, when mums have focused so much energy and time on looking after their children, known as thingamajig's mom or whatever mom and all that or, or the wife of whatever and then when they, when empty nest syndrome when people leave and do go off and live their own purposes yeah. you feel lost mm. and disconnected yes. about what's going on we've seen that ourselves so I think we and when it comes to rehumanizing, and I'm with you Trude I'm not the biggest fan of that word because mm. like you said we're all human but I do sometimes forget that I, I do sorry I should say I do understand that some people may forget that you need to speak with people with Kindness, and this is my big thing, you know. Compassion. With compassion. Yep. And understanding, and you can only do that, in my opinion, is when you know who you are Mm. and what you believe in and what you stand for, personally. Yeah. 
And for me, I, I, I think definition is really important. So sometimes, and, and you talk about the little P in opposed to the big purpose. And for me, a lot of the time I talk about purpose in terms of finding out what's important to you. Uh, finding out what you care about, mm. uh, talking about what's meaningful because it's the meaning that we're trying to, to come to grips with that then gives us the energy to live our lives the way that we're supposed to live them and to achieve the things that we want to achieve. So I do agree that the term purpose has become such a big thing, but I think there are other ways to say it and mean the same thing. And I think there is a, there's, an, there's a part of us in everybody that says there is something I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be on this earth to do something. And it's interesting because I used to do, I used to have that same thing where you talk about purpose in a big term, or what's my purpose? You know, that kind of attitude. However, um, I got I got really connected to the fact that perhaps my purpose is just to influence the one. Mm-hmm. And if you begin to, you know, even when we're when I've been talking to leaders, to, talking to people about it, it is in terms of well, who is that one or that smaller group or that family or whatever it is that's more accessible than saying, I'm going to change the world, you know, because actually by changing the one, you might end up changing the world mm-hmm. as well. So I do look at it in terms of that. So I, I I believe that some of the things that we're talking about is how you bring empathy and meaning into people's lives so that they become, or at least they're more approachable or they're able to get in touch with the side of them that understands human issues. Is that what we're saying? Do you think, do you think that, you know, if we can... The more you're talking, the more I'm kind of reflecting on some <laughs> conflict and disagreements that may happen in organizations mm-hmm. when you're trying to get people to align with the greater purpose yeah. of that organization. And I think leaders may struggle with that. And I'm talking out loud, which is never a good thing. <laughs> talking and thinking at the same <laughs> talking time. Talking at the same thinking, thing yeah. at the same time. But maybe the challenge, and I'm going off my own personal experience in the coaching that I do, is that when somebody can't understand what they're here to do, yeah. Or what what value they are bringing to that organization or to that role or to whatever it is. Maybe that's the challenge, you know, like mm. you said. And I think sometimes it's okay to say my purpose right now in this period of my life is to earn money for my family so we can feed ourselves. Yeah. And that is my focus. And I'm okay with that. Mm. And I will do what I have to do to get that money. So I, you know, that, and, and people think that's a, it's a bit of an embarrassment to say that. Yeah. And really, it's not, because if that is your purpose, then you're not distracted from it mm-hmm. rather than pretending it's not your purpose and then getting annoyed mm-hmm. when you're not getting what you want. But if you're actually saying to your, the little P purpose, like my purpose is to earn money and the way I can earn money is by being a really good salesperson or progressing in this organization in the way I need to organize. Is that a bad thing to say that? No, that's my, not at all. <laughs> that my purpose is that and I need to do what I can to, does my, will this organization give me the things I need to live to my purpose, Mm. which right now in this current situation is to earn money. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly right. And I think we've all done this where we talk about purpose in terms of it evolving. It's not something that's static. It changes over time. So you might say when you're younger, this is my purpose. I need to focus on this. Or 
as I get older and become more in touch with some of the biggest goals that I have in my life, then this is my purpose. So it is a moving thing. And so in order for people to actually accept the concept of finding out what their purpose is, it's break I think it's about breaking it down. So do you think it's do you think I it's, feel like I'm being interviewed? I know so because <laughs> you read the book and I wondered if it's in the book. Like, do you think it's fair then for leaders to try and push people into their purpose? Interesting question. Um, I think um, the the book talks a lot about, um, you know, the contrast between where leaders are in terms of technology and then, and that has made them unhuman in comparison to being human. Inhuman. Sorry. (laughs) Inhuman. You can be unhuman. (laughs) Normally it's me, so it's quite nice to go inhuman. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. In comparison to being purposeful, empathetic yeah. and, you know, who you need to be to be in touch with people. So it's it, it's the balance that we're trying to get, isn't it? And that's, yeah. how, that's what the book talks about. Um, but to your question, which I'm beginning to forget right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot myself then. What did I ask you? About leaders. Yeah. And should we be pushing people into their purpose? Yes. Okay. To that question, um, I do have some thoughts about it because I've, I, I've, I've actually been in arguments about this particular thing in that um, many think that why should I take on the purpose of the organization? Why should I? Why should they tell me what my purpose is here? I think there are two things going on. If you understand the role that you're in and the part that you play in achieving the overall purpose of the organization, then yes, you are being purposeful in that role, but you're not being di- your own personal purpose is not dictated to by the companies. And so I don't think leaders have that or, you know, have that place to say, this is what your purpose is. Your purpose sometimes is very much tied in, tied into the role that you have mm. within the organization and what you're there to achieve. And it's understanding that role in relation to the overall goal of the company. Is the leader's purpose and the organization's purpose the same thing? Not always. And I think, I think it's important for leaders to understand both. So when we're talking about purpose and meaning and rehumanizing leaders, yeah, is it about the individual purpose, not the organizational purpose, and how that links to the humanness? I think it's the individual purpose. I believe it's the individual purpose because you, as the leader, sometimes can get so tied up in the overall organizational purpose that one, you don't understand what's important to you anymore. And so, and and two, you're so wedded to profits and all the rest of it that you don't focus on being purposeful. Right. Okay. So now I've had enough time to ponder my own. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that, I don't think that purpose and humanness are linked because I think it depends on what your purpose is, which would then determine how human you are. I am also thinking and talking at the same time. I'm loving this. So if I think about my own purpose, which is to help everybody in the workplace understand the power of communication to make work, work a better place, that's my whole reason for being why my business exists. And in doing that, I am naturally curious 
to understand more about what it is to be human in order to help people work better together because mm-hmm. organizations are people, communication helps relationships, all those things. So that makes me naturally more considerate and naturally more more human yeah. because I'm more interested in that. If I was a leader who was brought into an organization and my purpose in that organization is to turn it around or make a profit or sell it or whatever it might be, then my re- my whole focus is in doing that. Does that purpose, that's my purpose as a leader to go and do this, does that make me more human if my purpose is to sell this business? No. No. Therefore, I conclude that purpose <laughs> and being more human as a result of knowing your purpose, therefore cannot be true because it would depend on what your purpose is that would inform whether or not it makes you more human. I am exhausted. Oh. <laughs> My, does that make sense? Yeah, I think, what, I think what you're saying is that the two authors need to do the research again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I need to read the book is what I think. Yeah, you do, you do. Because you do. we're not talking about the whole of the book. No, and, um, and I, but I, I suppose I'm just thinking, Peter's still laughing, but it, for me it depends on what the purpose is because that would then drive my behaviours. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's the correlation is does my purpose create behaviours that drive a more human-led approach or a, or a kinder approach or a more empathetic approach I, or a more compassionate approach? I believe that's what they're trying to say. So from their research, they said, I'm just going to read a couple mm-hmm. of points that they make. So um, their research points towards three um, hypotheses. One says, being human will matter even more in a world of digital technology. Agree. Agreed. Questions of relevance and significance will become more important than ever ever before. Okay, I would need to understand that more by reading the book. Okay, <laughs> next one. <laughs> Purpose, meaning and empathy are becoming the determinants of how we perform in a world of data, algorithms and artificial intelligence and that was purpose meaning and what was the third empathy one? empathy see I do kind of agree with that I have a bit of a thing about empathy which is why I ended up reading more about it and looking more at it because we banded empathy around as a yeah. term quite a lot in the pandemic for leaders leaders need to be more empathetic leaders need to be more empathetic and that made me slightly uncomfortable so that's why I've, I've done more work on that and I can pop some links in the show notes to some of that reading and uh, and conversation around that because I don't think it's hugely helpful yeah. as, a, as a big term but I do think, essentially, is an element of knowing yourself as a leader, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast over mm-hmm. the years. If you know yourself, you will be a better leader. Yeah. And that's ultimately what that's saying. Because if I know myself, then I will have a better emotional intelligence, which Advita and I were talking about outside of the studio the other day. That emotional intelligence is fundamental for leaders to succeed. And if I know myself and I've done that work on myself, then I'll be able to to lead better yeah. because I will be emotionally intelligent enough to know how to build better relationships with others. Yeah, and confident. Yeah. yeah. And it does, you know, the, the root of some of the challenges that we see in leaders maybe not being as human as we'd like them to be is because they often struggle with their own self-awareness, mm-hmm. which leads to their self-esteem, which can knock their confidence. So they end up behaving in certain ways that they think will show that they are leaders. And try and demonstrate that through um, being quite directive or 
not not being as I know the word empathetic is big, but not being as as considerate to the people that they're trying to work with. And I think we've always said, we've said this in previous podcasts and episodes and in our conversations that we've had with others, is that there there is a, an opportunity here for leaders to connect better with their team so they understand what direction those teams are going in and try and link their small P purpose to the big P purpose, whatever that may look like. So if you do have a teammate who is very focused on monetary purpose Mm -hmm. and value, then how do you work with them to make sure that they are still delivering against the purpose of the organization, but what works for them? Mm Well, that links to motivate. When you said about the monetary thing, that's linked to motivation factors for me. Like what motivates you will be different to what motivates me. And I think understanding that about each other's really helpful. It's an exercise we often do. And I, I did it actually when I did that course on being a company director. It looked at um what the motivation was. You know, what what motivates me, what motivates you, what that difference is. And that was really helpful. And we've used it with clients since then so that we can understand if it's money or other things like that. But it's a very helpful exercise, definitely. So I just wrote down here, what place does purpose and meaning have for someone who is trying to develop emotional intelligence and that more human side? Do you think it has a place? I, I, I just, I just think you've got to spend time reflecting and getting to know yourself. And I don't know whether, I don't know whether talking about purpose and meaning and, and I sort of said this at the beginning, they're quite big terms and sometimes mm. I think that isn't helpful. I wonder whether just, stripping that back a bit and saying, just spend some time getting to know yourself. Understand what motivates you. Understand what drives you. Understand what you need to look after your mental health. Understand what fills your cup with joy. Understand what might be, you know, triggering for you. We've talked about values and things in the past here about things that I've recognized in the last year about what, you know, why am I reacting like this? What are my values? I think those are the things that are actually important. Yeah to focus on those, which you can wrap under purpose and meaning, but to be maybe less abstract, yes, I think that's possibly more helpful for people. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would think about. Yeah. How about you? I agree. I think, you know, I am, I'm a big fan of Ikigai. Well done. Oh, you. <laughs> you said it. She got to season six and she said it right. I've been practicing. Um, I think we don't spend enough time understanding who we are as people. Mm. And I think when you spend a little bit more time understanding who you are as people, things like purpose, values, behaviours are a little bit easier to identify. And when we don't do that, like I said, throughout this episode, we hit conflict mm-hmm. and we struggle. And Ikigai allows us to really reflect on what it is that we want to bring to this world, right? What is important to us? And it breaks it down to those kind of four, you know, we all love a Venn diagram and it's a Venn diagram and it breaks <laughs> it down into that core, what is that core purpose? And we'll share it in our show notes so you can, if you're not aware of what Ikigai is, it'll hopefully help you get started. And it is about understanding, you know, as a leader, you do, to Trudy's point, it is a very unfair term to say rehumanizing because leaders do have a lot to contend with in everyday life in terms of in the organization. Not only are you delivering against the core objectives of that business, but you need to make sure that your teams are doing the same thing. And everybody, as we've quite clearly demonstrated in this conversation, has a different way of working and a different purpose Mm -hmm. or different objectives or goals or motivations. And all of that is a very complex world. But I don't think you can deal with any of that until you truly know who you are and Mm -hmm. what you stand for. So I think that 
what Jenny has shared, I think I 100% in agreement that, and we've all done it, all three of us have done it ourselves. And we only spoke about it the other day in, in the car when you were saying, you know, the first two years of my own business, even though I knew what I kind of wanted to do, it wasn't very clear to to me even. Mm-hmm. And it took me two years to get to where I am today to understand actually, this is the purpose of Comms Rebel and this is my purpose in how I want Comms Rebel to look. And that took two years of work. Yeah. And identifying where my gaps were and what I needed and what is it that I actually wanted to do. And sometimes when purpose is when purpose is unrealistic and unachievable, it disengages everybody. But to, th- to that point, just to bring more context to that conversation of the two years, was because we were saying it was the same for both of us in yeah. my business. Mm-hmm. It was two years in that I identified the chaos to calm and I identified the creation of the field model and, and the things that have come from that and that clarity. Yeah. And I, I wonder whether there's something about leaders in in any, you know, aspect of organisations, whatever, aren't given the time mm. to do that. So if it's taken us two years to get that clarity and work that through and, you know, work out what we want to do, don't want to do, all those things, most leaders, when they become a leader or push into a leadership position, are tasked with delivering and performing immediately. Yeah. And there's no grace period. Even if I think about, you know, politicians or other leaders out there, there's an immediate expectation that they will do something yeah. and they will be great and yeah. this will be you know there's no there's no grace of time and i think that that's really hard when i when i think about the role that leaders have so if we talk about rehumanizing them which i don't like either give them time mm, you yeah, know that's yeah. probably the thing i'm thinking well, we've, about we've naturally moved into <laughs> <laughs> already um but but, you know, and we've just barely unpicked some of that topic. And it's it's quite an interesting one for me to explore uh, the thoughts of how people navigate around this whole thing called purpose and how it impacts us in terms of how we lead. So just aside from the purpose and meaning, so what are some of the things that we would say to leaders who are trying to develop a more human side, a more emotionally intelligent kind of leadership how do we achieve that? Um, you come to our coaching retreat. Um, <laughs> we can help you. Good answer. February. Put the show notes. <laughs> um, I think. I think it is about it is about coaching, and I, you know, I mean, I joke about our our retreat, and and we've talked about the fact we're all coaches, but I think there is a bit of that. It is that that safe space to explore mm. and share. I think it's also about looking at your mindset. So I'd encourage I'd encourage you just to listen to our episode on mindset because we talk about applying the learning in that episode yeah. and how how you do that and and that that's really important because it's easy to go and read a book but you've got to be able to apply it and and do that. So I think some of the things around the mindset piece would apply to the advice here around making sure that you've got people around you and and mm. that that you're listening to that will help you test things and learn things and and those sorts of things. I would also give yourself time and I would come back to the the points I was making earlier about knowing yourself, you know, what what motivates you, what your values, how do you manage stress or anxiety, you know, just get to know yourself. And that's sometimes quite challenging if you lead a very busy life, you've got a family, you've got lots going on, but it's finding the time to find that quiet to do a bit of that reflection and not constantly mm. filling yourself mm-hmm. with noise. Mm. And and I, if I actually think about some of the leaders I've worked with, the the biggest advice I've probably given them is to get rid of the people around them that are not helpful 
in their ears. And that's not because they're not helpful uh, and they're being horrible. It's that their relationship with that leader hasn't grown with that leader. Mm. And therefore, they want to keep them in the place that that person's often been. And as a leader, as you grow and change, if the people don't come with you on that journey, then sometimes those people need to not be with you anymore. And that's that's not very nice, no. but it's an important part of your growth as a leader as well. So those are the things I'm that's good. thinking about. But I'm still thinking and talking, so who knows how this is I know, it might come out with some more things. Uh, Advita? <laughs> I think uh, I agree with Jenny and, and the points that she made, but I also would would say that it is scary to do that. It's scary to take that time to uncover and discover who you are as a person because you may have been told for so many years of your lives that you're this individual, you know, you're this and you're this and you're that. And we often create our self-belief is often created by other people's opinions of who we are. Um, because sometimes it happens from the moment you go to school and you get those report cards telling you that you're this and you're that and you're behaving this and And then all the way through, really, then your first job, mm. your leader kind mm-hmm. of influences you because you're still learning and growing and developing your parents or your carers in between all of that have shared their thoughts with you. So you kind of lose who you are yeah. as a person. And you think you're one, this character, and then you sit down to do this activity of, like, who am I really? I've, you know, I've coached people who have been scared badly, like, oh my God, I don't, I don't, I can't go into this now because I'm not liking what I'm mm. uncovering here. Um, and I would say, pace yourself. You know, take, as Jenny said, take that time. Surround yourself with people who will challenge you respectfully and ask you curious questions about who you are. And do remove the people who want you to stay in your lane and want you to stay in that box because it's more comfortable for them. Mm. Mm. And you will have people in your life who will do that because they are uncomfortable about who they are. And if you start shifting and start asking these questions, you will make them uncomfortable. Yeah. So they will try and bring you back down to where they are so everyone's safe or feels safe or mm. comfortable. So I would say be cautious about when you're looking at your purpose and values and behaviours and what is it that you want, you know, your legacy, which is another big word, but it is about what kind of legacy do we want to leave behind? You know, to Trudy's point, she said that one person, influence that one person, whatever that is. Be mindful about the people that you talk to on a regular basis. And one of my friends used to call call radiators a drains, right? Are they (laughs) draining you every single time? Are they actually radiating and helping you? Mm. Right, so... Yeah, I love, and it's, and it's, you know... Don't be a drainer. Don't be yeah. a drainer. Like, I think that's really important. And I think if anyone is struggling, like, you know, I know we joked about it, but our comms coaching retreat is a, is a great place for you to explore some of these thoughts you might be having in a supportive environment. Mm. And that's why we did the coaching retreat. It wasn't for any other reason. You know, we all got very busy, <laughs> very busy things going on. But we knew that people needed help from the conversations we have with others. And we thought, how else can we help others? And our coaching retreats helped the three of us. Yeah. yeah so that's why we do it. So please do ask for help. If it's not us with, between the three of us, then find that mentor, find that coach, find that sponsor to support you. Yeah. Lovely. Um, and I'll just add a couple. So, so one for me is, you know, terms like emotional intelligence and all the things that come with it, empathy and all the, all of those words um, can sometimes be daunting and make you feel a little bit like you want to resist it. So my encouragement to leaders is not to resist exploring emotional intelligence and things like empathy. Mm. It doesn't mean that you suddenly have to be 
a totally different person. Sometimes it can be a very minor adjustment that you have to think about or a mindset that you need to change. And and that makes the whole thing a lot more easier to deal with. Um, remember that you're a whole person. That it's So it's about looking after yourself. And I think Advita very much pointed to that is making sure that you're looking after your whole self. So resilience, you know, we live in a very complex time, so we have to be kinder to ourselves. So even as a leader, be kind to yourself, take that time out to look after yourself and become Um, Mm self-aware. Self-awareness is hard sometimes, but again, it's about reflection. Uh, Take the time to do the reflection, take the time to do the work, to get you into that place and don't be overwhelmed by labels and how people mm. are, and how people are talking oh, about this at this I time. I hate a label. Oh, me too. I know. <laughs> we all do. And and you know, people are talking about things in a certain way and I think it's putting undue pressure on people yeah. Yeah. about everything. So I know, you know, we talked about big topics like purpose and meaning, but you know, anything from empathy to vulnerability to any of those words sometimes can come at leaders in, a, in almost an attacking way. Yeah. And I think it's it's not helpful. It doesn't help them to get to be the person that yeah. they want to be. So. I think you've got to then, that's why I think it's breaking it down to what's the practical application exactly. of what you mean. Because yeah. otherwise it just, you know, you need to be more vulnerable. Whoa, what does that look like? I don't want to do that. I don't know how that looks. You know, I mean, <laughs> yes, I don't want to be that person. You know, well, that's not, that's not really what we mean by vulnerable. No. And, you know, the big words have different meanings. Oh, so, yeah. absolutely. And I think what's, what happens to, to, to many is that you feel like, you know, I don't want to deal with it because it's too, you know, my interpretation of it is this and yeah. it's too big and I don't want to be that person. And you don't necessarily have to be because it doesn't necessarily mean that for you. And I think... I think what's what happens in society is that we go over these things so much and we make so much of them that it becomes meaningless. It, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's really meaningless. Like, yeah, can you just you know, if you think be- about some of the chief execs that we work with and the MDs, the the amount of words thrown at them yeah. on a daily yeah. basis. Are you vulnerable? Are you empathetic? Do you have EQ? Are you kind? Are you this? Are you that? Yeah. Do you have purpose? By the way, are you genuine? Are you, and are you still are you genuine? Are you bringing your whole self? Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? trustworthy? It's like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? I don't know who I am anymore. And then on top of all of that, are you delivering for the business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. It, it it really is something that for me, I've had it on my mind as something that I'm conscious that we are hitting leaders with an incredible amount of pressure. Oh, yeah, I know. I feel like I need to go and sit in a dark room now. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit carmagerebels.com. We'd love to continue the conversation, so please connect, ask questions and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Carmage Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.